the sense of what you're not, yeah, stops there. It's just a recognition, and that is what you are. It doesn't have a sense of what you think of what you are would have a sense of, because it's not a sense of a noun. It's like the intimation of a verb, yeah, which is the seeing of what I'm not. The seeing of what I'm not is what I am. Because you can't see what you are, so it's always the seeing of what you're not. Everything that's being seen is what you're not. You can't see what you are. That would mean you were something solid to see what you're not, what you are. You're not something solid in contrast to what you are. There's only what you are, which can't be seen. Yeah? So, it's the seeing. It can't be seen, but it's seeing. So, in the seeing of what you're not, that's what I am. But it isn't a dualistic construct of, oh, okay, I saw what I'm not, and now I'm going to see what I am, or be what I am. No. Yeah? It would still be an implied, there's an either-or, yeah? Oh, now I, there was was the either, I'm not what I'm not, yeah? And then I am what I am. That would be the either-or. No, it's I'm not that, and that's that. It cuts the whole dualistic coinage out. The whole currency of minds, conceptual understanding gets taken out from underneath it because it's, I'm not that, and then that's that. There's not another movement, like a counter movement. Like, I'm not that, and then I'm moving towards what I am. No, there's no movement towards what you are. I'm not that is what you are. You are the absence of, of that. The presence of what I'm not is what I am. I'm the absence of that. I'm the absence of the presence of what I'm not. So, everything's appearing, which is what I'm not. I'm the absence of what's appearing. That's what I am. So, I see what's happening, and I'm not that. I'm the absence of that. That's the presence. The presence is just the absence of any inherent existence of what's appearing, really. That's the presence. The presence is the absence of all appearances. Yeah? <clears throat> Not looking at each imp- appearance, but realizing all appearances are inherently absent. They're not real. Yeah? They don't have any real reality. Yes? So, I am the absence of what's not real. Which is real. Yeah? So the idea of <clears throat> seeing that I'm not what I call myself to be a self is really the beginning and end of the whole non-journey. Yeah? You recognize, because this is appearing all day, it's appearing to you as thoughts. Yes? The thoughts seem to be about you, so all the thoughts that are being noticed seem to apply to you, that's the one that's noticing them. Yes? Every action here implies an actor to us. So you did that. Don't tell me you didn't do it. I saw you do it. And I did this. So every action, when our mind reacts to it, is seen as there's an actor behind every action. Somebody must have did this. Somebody had something to do with this. Yes. So every action implies an actor. Every verb implies a noun to our head. So when you see any activity here, 
like thinking, you know, I'm the thinker. So as soon as thinking is noted, it implies the mind's immediate reaction to it is there must be a thinker to this thinking. There must be someone who's conscious. It can't just see consciousness. It has to, when it sees consciousness or intimates consciousness, it immediately triggers its habit of there must be someone who's conscious. Yes? And so if there's someone like you and I who's conscious, its opinion there is dualistic. So its opinion is that this someone who's now conscious can be unconscious or conscious. Yeah? Instead of recognizing the verb of consciousness in that activity, it recognizes a noun that has everything to do with the verb. So the verb of conscious becomes, it can be unconscious or conscious. Yes? To who? The noun. So, when you, like Buddha said, when you see, see. So he's basically, leave the verb alone. Yeah? When you see, see. Yeah? Not when you see, think that you're the seer. Yeah? Not when you see, interpret it as, oh, I didn't like what I saw. I have a very strong opinion about what I just saw. Yeah? No, first feel or sense what when seeing is happening, see. Hear, hear. Feel, feel. Taste, taste. Touch, touch. Yeah. When thoughts are seen, see the thoughts. Yeah? Seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching is a verb, yes? Touching. Not touch, not a, not a talent or a sense we have called touch, but the act of touching is, the act of touch is touching, yeah? So touching is a verb. The verb to the conditioned mind implies a noun. Whenever there's a ver- verb notice, there must be a noun somewhere, yeah? There must be someone who's touching, or there must be something that's being touched, yeah? And in that interpretive way of reacting to touching, the emphasis doesn't, isn't on the touching, which is the livingness of the moment. It's on the story of the moment, which what was touched, and who did the touching, and should they touch that young girl. Or <clears throat> that was, and then morality and all this baloney and right and wrong all arise out of a simple verb of touching. Yeah? A whole story of a world of nouns gets produced by the mind's reaction to the verb of consciousness. Yeah? Conscious contact. It makes up a huge story of who and what is is in contact and what they're in contact with and should they be in contact and as they that, they do that, blah, 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 blah. And then all this morality and good and bad arises all based on the interpretation of the verb into a world of nouns. That's all what selfing is. Selfing is always attempting to put itself behind the verb of consciousness, which is conscious contact, yeah? Consciousness is being conscious here. It's conscious of the light, it's conscious of how the body feels, it's conscious of the feel of the temperature of the room. It's conscious, yeah? It's conscious of thoughts, it's conscious of objects in space. So there's consciousness happening, the verb is happening, but the verb only applies to the mind, the conditional mind, a noun. Yeah. 
And being, or quote-unquote God, is not a noun. God is the verb. God is being, if you want to call it God. It's the verb, yes? It's not a divine being. That's giving being a noun, yes? So being, let's just neuter being and make it a divine being, yeah? which implies a noun once again. Yeah? But really, the whole thing is a verb, and that's why our mind misses it, because we're looking for it as a noun, as a noun, and we're looking for it as a noun. Yeah? We're looking for no thing as a something, for this something to get an advantage over other somethings. So, like St. Francis says, what's looking? Is what you, 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 you are looking for. Yeah. So, now here I am during the day, looking for things. So, I'm looking for my keys. Yeah. I'm looking for my phone, make sure I keep it on, which I did. I'm looking for, you know directions to a good restaurant for breakfast. So I'm constantly looking for things all day, yes? So, what's looking is what you are looking for. Yeah? So as anything I'm looking for, what's happening, what I'm truly looking for, or all these expressions of seeking, yes? Is what's looking. Which is what is, which is the verb of the noun you that's looking for. Yeah? So the what's looking is really what's looking for. It's the verb that's what's looking for. So what's looking is the verb of consciousness. Yes? That's looking for at that moment. Yeah? But the you is a noun thrown in. As soon as the noun is thrown in, it's now a you gets emphasized, instead of the looking, the what's looking or the what's seeing, the you that is thinks it's seeing is now emphasized. So what's looking is here, and the you goes, puts itself here. So I'm what's looking. Yeah? I'm what's looking. And now I'm looking for what's looking. <laughs> but I can't find it because it's me that's looking for What's looking? When I'm what's looking. Wait a minute. So, alright, I'm what's looking, and if I ask myself, alright, I'm what's looking, who's that I? It's me. But it's me as a body. Yes? So I go, okay, looking for, okay. So who's looking for? Well, I am. Alright, uh, you're on to something. I'm looking for. Alright, well, Paul asked, who is it that's looking? I am. Alright, who's this I? It's me. Now, this is where it occurs. Because the me represents what I would call a you, a body. Yeah? When I look at Greg, I see a body. <clears throat> That's what a, I, what a me is. It's an identified you. Yeah? This is an object, just like you see this as an object. Yes? This thing is an object. So basically, this is a you to you. So what my idea of a me is, is just an identified you. Yeah? So... What's looking? Yeah, I'm looking. That's, you're on to something. I'm looking, yeah. Alright, who's this? Who's the I? This is where it gets a little off. It's me. No, no, no. This me implies the body. Yeah? So there's the recognition of looking, obviously. 
or the feeling of being on, the I am. So you recognize the sense of I am. <clears throat> so you go, okay, who is this I am? Well, the mind's first answer tells you its whole story, me. All right, so if you ever did who am I, subjective questioning, usually the first answer the mind comes up with is, well, it's me. So you get, who is this I? It's me. What does the me apply? A you, a body. That's its, you just saw its whole strategy. It's not a strategy, its whole program. All of the thinking that the thinking does, all that apparatus that's thinking, its whole system, it sees you as a me. So when you think of yourself, you think of yourself as a body. When you're worrying about you in the future, you're worrying about you as a body. When you reflect about what happened to you, you reflect on what happened to the body. Yeah? So the whole thought system, the farthest it can go as a you in the thought system is a body. That's how it takes you to be. Yeah? Now we can say, well, I'm actually a spirit in a body, but the body still is dominating the, the identity. It's not like, yeah. <laughs> if you really got that you were a spirit, you'd realize you're not in a body. Yeah. <laughs> you're not contained in a body. You know, it's, the body doesn't define your uh, external contour as a spirit. Yes. <laughs> so, that's just mind usually saying, oh, I'm a spirit, but it's mind. The me saying, I'm a spirit me, but the spirit me implies a body somewhere. Yeah. So, the whole recognition of just the bare, raw data of life here, which is contact. Yeah. That whole act of contact, which is a verb, obviously, it has been taken to imply a noun. You. Not a noun of, as pure subjectivity, the noun of all nouns. Yes, let's say, a noun without a, without a noun, yeah? But it implies a noun as a body. So, the starting point of the interpretation of life from our points of view is it starts with me, which is a body. Yeah? Now, when that occurs, it's like the body, the mind now has placed itself, its representative, which is the body, in front of consciousness. And now it's claiming consciousness as a verb it's doing. Yeah? I'm seeing, I'm hearing, I'm feeling, I'm tasting, I'm touching. Yes? But even it's so far-fetched to make that claim, <clears throat> because if your eyes open, whatever flies by, you're going to see. Before your mind has a reaction to it. Oh, I didn't want to see that, but you saw it. Just like people say, oh, I don't want to feel, you know, I don't want it, I don't like this feeling, but you already had the feeling. Feeling, you know. The reaction doesn't come, the feeling comes and then there's a reaction to it. The reaction is, implies that you had it, like somehow you had something to do with the feeling. And therefore you should have had something to do with not feeling. Yeah? So you're like, oh, I don't want to, I don't like this feeling, I don't want to have this feeling. But it seems to keep happening, doesn't it? Or, I don't want to think these thoughts, but the thoughts keep seemingly showing up. Yeah? It's not like if you're a runner and, you, and someone says, hey, stop running, and you seem to be running, you can usually stop unless you have like an, you know, an incessant running syndrome or something where you, help me, tackle me, I can't stop running, you know, I'm powerless over the running. Usually you can stop, you know, okay. 
Thanks for telling me I don't have to run anymore. I thought, I, I assumed I had to run. So I said, hey, you don't have to run. What? Oh, this feels great. So if that, if that implied to thinking, why not stop thinking? But, has it worked? It doesn't seem like you have any power over the thought system. Because you're a thought. The thought that you have contains the information that you should have power over the other thoughts. Because you're the thinker of them. But in fact, that's just a thought. <laughs> a thought, it's like one cat trying to corral all the other cats. The cats aren't going to probably go with the other cats' directions and commands, yes? They need a big motherfucking big thing to stop them from doing what they do. Another cat, hey, fuck you, you're just another cat. Yeah? But this cat thinks it's the cat. <laughs> and it thinks all the other cats I'm catting. I'm just the catting of all these other cats. No, you're a cat, in a sense. What's been taken as you is a cat. So a thought isn't going to control all thoughts, obviously. Yeah? It's not going to say, okay, as a thought, I'm, I'm calling a day of no thought in this world of thought. That would mean that thought would have arose. Yeah? If it had the power, you would never arise. <laughs> if, if you stop thinking, there would be no you arising. Because the sense of being a you is a thought. But that thought implies a sense of being the doer, the haver, the noun. Yes? It's infected with this very big meaning that of all the verbs in this world, you're the one noun that all the verbs are happening to. Yeah? Everything that's happened in your life has happened to you. Thousands of verbs have occurred and they've only happened to one you. But that you's a verb also. It's concurring with all the other verbs. It's actually, there's no difference. Yeah? So, something happens, yes? And you think it's happening to me. That's the, that is a whole verb. It's not, oh, something happened, which was the verb, and then to me is a noun. No, the feeling of being a noun is also part of the verb. It's selfing. Yeah? It's part of the mental process, selfing. It implies a noun, so life gets now dissected and cut up. So you say, okay, all these things are verbs that have been happening to me, and I have a big opinion of what should have, I like happening to me, and I don't like happening to me. Yes? And now everything gets partitioned and separated and leveled and degreed and good and bad and desiring and, and aversion to. All these verbs get, they get sort of cataloged, yes? Based on the conditional aspect of your little catacomb of mind. And now... And you're the center of it all, self-centered. So all the verbs have meaning based on you as a noun. The meaning is, I really like that. And the meaning of that verb, I don't like that. When I see something like that, I don't like. But when I see that, I really like. Yeah? So the seeing is totally forgotten now, really. The verb of seeing, and it's what I saw, what I didn't want to see, and all like this. And so selfing just begets more selfing. Yeah? Once the noun has arisen out of the verbdom and sort of taken itself as the doer and the haver of the verbs. A whole another realm of mentality occurs. A realm of selfing. Where past, this concept of past and future become incredibly dominant in this moment of now. Yeah? And what's not happening really has more relevance than what's happening to us. Because the noun can conjure up a verb 
at a future time and experience its effects now, and yet that verb never happened. Yeah? <laughs> so it goes to what's not happening, and it thinks about it, and in the thinking about it, it stirs up a reaction, emotionally, nervous-wise, physically, chemically, in the body, and an experience occurs, but that experience has come out of nothing, really. It was about something that never has happened yet. You can't go there. There's no place to stay in what's not happening. There's no five-star hotels. There's no airport to land. There's no shopping areas. There's a lot of shopping, but it's, there's no areas to shop. But you come back with some mental products, and those mental products digested in your believability turn into a physical sensation yeah? and a mental state and an emotional state and so this little mind as a noun plays God and it uses past verbs and future verbs which have no verbing in it yeah? past verbs and future verbs it uses to make up an experience now so it, it cooks up verbs out of past, its idea of a past verb, which is just an idea, and future verbs, a lot of future verbs, because our past only has, you know, a limited amount of time, as long as you've been alive, yeah? But the future is an open-ended field. I mean, you can plant imaginary crops forever. I mean, you can go, oh, it's open. You can go on and on and on and on and on. You can have the longest Friday that never happened in your head. You can have a Friday you return to over and over again that has never occurred, and that but never will come to pass. So even your calendar of time gets totally distorted. You can sort of hex out all these days that are unimportant, which are the ones we're in, and then jam full of them with concepts of past days and future days. <coughs> and spend today just concerned with the, the content of all that mental exercising, yeah? Let's go over what could possibly happen to me. I've been sick for a few days now, and I think it's going to last and turn into a really terrible event. And I'm powerless over it. I can't figure it out. And I've gone to the clinics, and I'm not getting any help. It's like, it must be karmically. I must have hurt someone in my life very badly many, many times over to feel this And on and on and on and on and on. And then you make up a more unreal place out of an unreal place. And then, and then <laughs> you, it's like building cities in an imaginary plot. Yeah? And then you're the tenant of all those cities. It's like living in a tenement, a mental tenement. Yeah? Back to 3B. I know. What's going to happen to me next week? <laughs> Turn on the channel. Next week's news! You're fucked! Alright, let's turn on the weather. Next week's weather, rain. <laughs> next week, next week's stocks, dismal. Next week, romances, none. Next week's uh, possibilities, zilch. What? I want out of here. Call this landlord. Who's the landlord? Your head. Oh, no, uh, we haven't found the key yet to let you out. I think they'll come next week. Oh, no! Next week, there's no key found. Oh. <laughs> you had a key? So right now, just becomes what? Really, 
like an, a mental entertainment arcade for what was then and what you think is going to be there. Yeah? They had And the dilemma, really, with it is if there is an identification as that noun, even when you want to surrender to a verb, you're going to attempt to surrender to the verb as a noun. It's like that ocean and wave syndrome occurs. There's the identification as an ocean, as a wave, and you're going to a lot of meetings about ocean, you know, and you're hearing how wonderful it is to swim in the ocean or whatever. And you really, really feel a need. I mean, it's really a dry experience to be a wave. You thought it was going to be really wet and great, but it sort of sucks, you know? Pounding the same shores over and over again, hoping to grab the seashell, never seemingly taking it back with you. Just inevitably come hit the shore again, looking with your little second on the shore, as much as you can, but suck back and then come, what the fuck? I need more time. I've got to plan this shopping. <laughs> no, I can't get the shells. Just like that. So. And so, but you're, you're identified as that wave. So now you're going to meetings of oceans. So all these waves, very dry waves, tsunami over here, eight foot one here, a little dribbler there. You know. So, oh yes, ocean, vast, vast ocean. As far as the eye can see, no matter how chaotic on the surface, it's just an expression. On the bottom, it's still and peaceful and silent. Oh, I'd love to be an ocean. I'd love to have that. Something's gnawing at me. I wonder what that is. got to go to my wave psychologist. It could just be the echoes of an ocean, who knows, but you can't see it, because you're a wave, you know? So you're looking, all right, how to have a great experience of an ocean as a wave. Okay, I've read every fucking book, you know? Gotten close. Thought I tasted the saltiness, but it's evaporated quickly. So, and then it actually, all the learning about the ocean really drives the wave even crazier. Because now it has this other thing to hope for without ever getting an experience, real experience of, of oh, an ocean. It's like making, putting thorns in the seat in hell, you know? Fuck. Even worse now. Wish I never heard about the freaking ocean. But it's just been a normal wave a wave life and at least have some fun somewhere. But the whole point is study and pouring over scriptures about the ocean, if done by a wave, isn't going to serve you. To me, it's just realizing you're not a wave. As soon as that's entertained, you are, you're the ocean. It, does, it doesn't take any time because there's no becoming the ocean. You have always been the ocean. So it is not a solution based on time or process or practice in a way. Though you can do processes and practices to influence it if you think, and that's great. You have no say in the matter anyway. Your predilection is to sit and meditate, you will. <clears throat> but as soon as you recognize you know, I'm not a wave, it's instantaneous. Like the first time you maybe heard this message, there was an aha. It didn't take any time, the aha. It wasn't like, oh, I think I remember this. No, it was an instantaneous something got it. Something had an unspoken yes. That's it. That's it's. That's not it. There's no it. But it's not a processional answer. Yeah? It's like an instantaneous answer because as soon as the wave sees it's not a wave, that's the ocean because it's always, it always is the ocean. Yes. 
every moment of what's looking, the you is that. Every moment there's the interpretation of what's looking as you looking for, that's what's looking. So every interpretation as a wave is still the ocean. Yeah? Every interpretation of the ocean as a wave is still the ocean. It never changes its basic nature. No matter how much waveness you think you are, it doesn't separate you from oceanness because all you are is ocean. You cannot be a wave without ocean. Yes? There could not be an appearance here without nothing to it to appear from. Yes? Something, if you look at a dualistic breakdown, something must come from nothing. <coughs> it has to. Something does not beget something. Nothing begets something. Yeah? Nothing begets something. The mother of all is zero. Emptiness. Nothingness. Everything arises out of that. Everything that appears to be something to our perceptions arises out of nothing. Yeah? So as this where I, we become identified as an appearance, which is suffering the lack of nothing. <laughs> and we keep looking for something to remove the lack of nothing that we're suffering from. Yeah? So you've had thousands of somethings. Yeah? Tons of philosophies and books and techniques and little mental tricks and affirmations. And yes, I'm the creator of my world and I'm making my dream right now. No, you're not. Not as a you. The you thinking it's creating its world is part of the dream. The you is not creating its world. The you is a, a making in this world. The you is an appearance, is a mental appearance prior to all the physical seeming appearances. That thinks that's what you are. <laughs> I'm the you that's has a body. No, that you that has a body is a mental body. The mind made up the sense of a you to occupy something else it made up, the body. <laughs> yeah. I'm not that. So the limitation is just that. You can have all the opinions about thoughts and what to do and what not to do and this and that and that's all fine and good here. Things happen here. Appearances affect other appearances greatly, in a sense. Okay. If this appearance hits this appearance really hard, this appearance is going to hurt. Big time. Yeah. And when it hurts, consciousness enveloped in the idea of being a body is going to go, I hurt my arm. And that I will imply a me, which is the body. And there's the delusion going on and on and on and on and on. So the effects on the body and the effects on the appearances have an incredible galvanizing bonding agent. Because they convince us, yeah, this is solid, man, it hurt me. If I was the truth and beautiful, nothing could hurt me. But what you're taking to be me is an appearance. That's why you're getting fucking hurt. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't be hurt. All right, let's try it. Pow, pow! That really hurt my elbow. <laughs> I'm not getting this message. I thought I was perfect and <laughs> untouchable, like the Course says. 
your attack thoughts are attacking your invulnerability. What the fuck's happening? Why are my attack thoughts causing so much suffering? Well, obviously, what you're taking yourself to be is quite vulnerable. To what? Attack thoughts. <laughs> but how can it be attacking me if I'm invulnerable? Exactly. They can attack all they want, but you're invulnerable to attack. Okay, well, let me sit here. I'm invulnerable to my thoughts. I'm not my thoughts. I'm not my thoughts. I'm not my thoughts. That's a thought. You're being attacked by the, the seeming answer to the other attack thoughts. The prior attack you don't even witness. I'm not my thoughts. That's the prior attack to the, to the attack thoughts. <laughs> I'm not my thought. A thought's trying to say it's not a thought. It's like ridiculous. It's like self trying to get out of self. A thought saying, I'm not my thoughts, but you are a thought. <laughs> what? No, I mean, yes. Oh, that's a body, which is a thought. Wait a minute. I can't get out of this circle. Exactly. Self can't get out of self. What's the solution? How do you get out of something? You realize you're not in it. That's the only way to get out of anything here. Everything else that we call getting out of something is just a sense of time which is going to cause another sense of being in it. Yeah? So you feel like you're out of it only to be in it again. Yeah, 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 yeah. It goes on and on and on and on and on. That's being in it. But being out of it is the recognition I was never in it. What do you do with an imaginary problem? What's the only solution that works for it? Recognize it's imaginary. If you, as the doer, which you're not, apply a solution, yes, to that imaginary problem, that is a real big problem. Yes. <laughs> because now, all you've done in wanting to get out of it is reinforce this in this, yeah? Just like the ego has you by you moving away from it. It's not like a predator out here in the jungle. It doesn't have you when it grabs you. It has you while your mind's trying to get out of it. That's how it has you. Because now you're really identified as it. It's like, I can't, I gotta get out of this thing that's driving me crazy. When you see it's not you, it doesn't drive you crazy. It can only drive a you crazy. It can't drive what you are crazy. You, what you are, can't be driven anywhere. Because it's everywhere, yeah. It doesn't play this game, as we were talking last night. It doesn't play this game, sucker. <laughs> Any questions? Yeah, yes. Yeah. Let's talk about the body for a No. We're everywhere, it's manifested body, because we call Paul. Okay, it's done this for some reason. What, excuse me, what is it? The everywhere is manifesting a body. It's doing this for some reason, supposedly. Now, it's... Why does it have to have a reason? I don't, I'm just guessing it's done it for some reason, that I don't know, I'm not aware of. Meanwhile, there's a the whole thing about the ego, the me, is being created perhaps to keep the body alive. Made, never created. Pardon? It's made, it's not created. Right. Yeah. So, it doesn't have existence. My question, I guess, is how important is it to keep the body alive? I asked you, how to, is it important to you? It seems to be. Yeah. There you go. 
hurt you anyway. Yeah, it's not <laughs> you. It's not you doing it, so. See, the emphasis is always on, you think if you stop doing something or you start doing something else, that's the real meaning. It's the idea of being the doer. Take the doer out of it and you'll see what the predilections of the conditioning are. Maybe you'll be totally blind on how to take care of your body, and that will create frustration and confusion to a you that wants to be better. And you'll keep running into dilemmas, taking the wrong medicine. You'll keep diagnosing colds as flus and spending tons of money on flu medicine. And, oh, fuck. You keep getting sick, and that will be the little ironic twist in your little invitation. Or maybe you'll just be drinking fucking Jack Daniels and smoking cigarettes, and you'll live a healthy fucking vivacious life till 98. <laughs> Farting and pissing and spitting and eating tons of fucking, you know, veal parmesan heroes and McDonald's and never care in the world for the body. You have to see there's an inside sense of incredible ironic humor here going on. <laughs> Really, have you ever noticed there was one time an article, <laughs> and there was an article of all these people who were big proponents for certain health things, and they all died in what they were proponents about. <laughs> Some guy died with a coconut hitting him over the head, falling from a tree, and he was like a juiceologist or something. Well, actually, coconut juice killed him. <laughs> expertise they died in. They have told them they were experts in certain things and what they were experts on they died from it.
been saying it for I don't know how many years. Yeah. There is no individuality in that in that act of consciousness. There's no one who's conscious. Yes? The mental process produces or makes the sense of being a one. And for that one to be a one, it has to claim the consciousness. It has to look at consciousness as a verb that it's doing or not doing or having because of what it did or not did. So it hijacks consciousness and claims it. Yes? And so now it's you that when I do a meditation and go on a retreat, I feel really conscious. And when I don't do that, I feel unconscious. Well, all of those are experiences in this place of appearance, but all there is is consciousness. Yeah? Mm -hmm. There's no one that makes it more or less. Mm -hmm. That's an appearance from the point of view of a self. So consciousness becomes a commodity that you can sort of trade with or exchange or get or go here and listen to this person. Oh, I feel more conscious. And then, oh, I watched this stupid show on and I felt really dumbed down. And it's an experience you have here, but in fact, it's not what's so. What's so is all there is is consciousness. <clears throat> when you look a certain way here, it has an effect on you, yeah? If you're looking a certain way, like self-centeredly, you're going to have effects here. But all there is is seeing. Seeing is not affected by all the ways that have it's been interpreted, all the ways of looking that have come from the from the natural seeing. The natural seeing <coughs> is naturally seeing on underneath all those levels of looking that have been put on it. Yes, it's still just that. So the invitation is still pristine and perfect, no matter what the circumstance and the situations are. They're seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. Beautiful, not on a very emblazed looking envelope, just a beautiful invitation. I'm not that. I'm not that which sees as a body or is seen as a body. This body of thought, they're just mental objects. There's chairs, there's trees, everything that I can see, that I can perceive, is not what's perceiving. What's perceiving is no thing. And therefore, I can never see it. I can never touch it. I can never have it. I can never lose it. I can't achieve it. I can't attain it. I can't take advantage of it. Yes? All I can do is recognize I'm not. I'm not this. Therefore, I'm not that. And therefore, I must be What's the absence of this and that, which is the presence of consciousness to me? Yeah. But to try to become conscious as a, an appearance is still the way of trying to be like the ocean. It'll maybe have experiences of what it calls being like the ocean, but it's never going to have the sense of being the ocean because it has the feeling it's a wave, primarily in place. Yeah. So for me, it's the act of identifying. It's not a tattoo that we got sometime. It's a verb of mind happening right now, which is called the act of identifying as self. Not to self, as self. Yeah? I'm not identifying to self, to a self. Yeah? And if I could just identify with a different self, everything would be better. I'm identifying as a self. As. It's a verb. I'm identifying as the mind right now 
in all of its takes, all of its interpretive, in its scheme, all of its programming with self-centeredness, yes, is interpreting everything as a self. It's everything pertains to it as a self, how it thinks is all about a self, how it thinks of others is about a self, yes, as it thinks of God as an old man sitting in the heavens, and the heaven is a place, it's a thing, and God's a thing, a man or a woman, and I'm, I'm as a thing, I'm going to go to that place called heaven, which is a thing, and I'm going to appear there as a body, and I'm going to play miniature golf the rest of my life, and drink daiquiris, and everything's going to go my way, as a body, as a self. That's our interpretation of heaven, that we're, as a body, going to be running around, enjoying it forever, like an idea of a, a forever in a time frame, forever. Everything, a thing begets a thing, 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 begets a thing. Mental things, emotional things called feelings, this feelings, spiritual things called experiences, blah, 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 blah. But nothing, no thing is the ground of being. Clean to me.